Bibles, let's go to the book of, um, sounds like there's reverb in this thing. Um, take that out if you don't mind, please. Yeah, uh, go to the book of Luke. Thank you, Luke chapter 15. Um, we're going to pick up, pick up right there in Luke 15. And we have been dealing with this series of being on mission with God. And so today's message is going to be, um, I'm going to use the word extremely simple, uh, and I'm hoping we can catch the principles that I'm going to be sharing with you this morning. But by way of context, I must back up to um, verse 1 of chapter 15, and since we had a week in between, and read this parable, and then next week we're going to pick up with the last of the three and just share so that God could have his way. If you're in Luke 15 and 1, say amen. Good. I'm reading from the ESV, and uh, verse 1 opens up by saying, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives the sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country, um, and go after the one that is lost until he finds it. I'm still hearing reverb. I'm trying not to have that while I'm speaking yet. Verse 5, and when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulder rejoicing. And verse 6 says, and when he comes home, he called together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, rejoice with me, for I have found my lost sheep, my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you that there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous person who needs no repentance. Let me read verse 7, then I'm going to go to my text. Just so I tell you, there are more rejoice, no joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous person who needs no repentance. Now go to verse 8. Here is the second um, parable. Come on, say second parable. I want you all to track with me. Or what woman, he says... Having ten silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it. And when she is found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I lost. Look at verse 10, very familiar. Just so I tell you, there will be joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. It seems like God has a thing for unsafe people coming to relationship with him, doesn't it? It's that, I mean, that seems, to be, that seems to be the MO of God. Let me review briefly what we shared last week with you, if they can put that next slide on the screen, um, just to kind of walk through this, and then I'm going to go into the message for this morning. Here's the big idea I want to share with you. The repentance of others must be met with joy and celebration. Uh, let me put it this way. If we're going to shout over anything as a, as a church, let's shout when people get saved. Amen. <laughs> amen. <laughs> Come on, y'all. Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's shout. Let's shout. If you're going to shout over anything because you're partnering with God, go to the next one as we kind of walk through this and to see what God is saying. Now, here's a couple of things I shared with you last week as we talked about the lost sheep. Um, the sheep was lost, 
Then today we're going to look at the coin being lost. And then next week we're going to look at a boy being lost. And we're going to look at the response of heaven. So here's what I said two weeks ago. Number one, the focus of Jesus' ministry is not pursuing the saved, but the lost and those in need of the Savior. Okay? So please understand, I don't have time to, to hash this out. You can go to iTunes. Um, what's it? Um, Podcasts, yeah. Podcasts on iTunes, download the sermon or subscribe and you get them every week. God, uh, his focus, yes, is maintaining those who are saved, but he doesn't pursue saved people because you're already saved. He pursues lost people, okay? Number two, as humans, we belong to God, so when lost, he searches and pursues diligently until he finds us. I like that. Let me tell you why. Because God did not give up on me when he was looking for me. Oh, come on, that's the amen right there. He did not give up on me when he was looking for me. This is what we do as a church. We give up on people too quick. Go to the next one real quick. Let's kind of walk through this. So when we come to Christ, heaven rejoices, and all of heaven rejoices with him. And the fourth thing that we just saw, heaven celebrates over the salvation of one soul. Come on, say one soul. More than it does over those who are already saved. Um, let's go to work. In the interest of time, let's go to our text. Go back to verse 8. Let me read. And so Jesus picks up again, and I'm just going to jump right into the text. Um, so I need you all to track with me so we can hear what God is saying. Or what woman, now that he finished with the sheep, if she has ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and diligently seeks until she finds it. And when she found it, she calls the, together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, I have found the coin that I lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy um, before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Now, let me give you a little bit of a context, and then we're going to walk into the text, and you guys can put my next slide on the screen. Understand with me that the reason Jesus is telling these three parables is because of the truth that the, the scribes and the Pharisees had an issue with him hanging out with sinners and publicans. They struggled with him. They couldn't understand why Jesus would not sit in the pulpit when he came to their churches, you know, why he wouldn't come on the front row and why he wouldn't be with the potentates and look all important and have the matching socks and ties and shoes and all that good stuff. They, they were concerned because he wasn't following the cultural norms. He would do crazy things like go out to weddings and go out to birthday parties and go to funerals and go to hospitals, and he would do all this stuff, and the religious people of that day could not understand why is it that Jesus is not spending time with them. So he told them these three parables to help amplify the point of what he was all about. Now what's striking about the second parable is on the front end of the parable, he seems to be taking a shot, if you will, at the scribes and Pharisees because they did not know what his true purpose was all about. You guys are tracking with me, okay? So as you look at the text, there's a couple of textual observations that I want to make before we go into the text. I want to point out a couple of things, and then we're going to really deal with the text. Look at verse 8 again. Everybody look at verse 8. I want you all to read this carefully because we're going to try to amplify it and hear what God is saying. What woman, he says, having how many coins? What color are they? And it says, if she loses how many? You figure she has nine left going about your business. 
But if she loses one, notice what she does. She lights a lamp, and she sweeps the house, and she seeks or looks diligently until she finds it. Couple of textual observations in the text. Number one, unlike the sheep, I mean, of last week, who was lost by fault of its own, okay, Here's what I said to you two weeks ago, is that the sheep, number one, was negligent, probably nibbled and walked and walked and nibbling, and the nibbling and walking and walking and nibbling, it found itself lost. Secondly, the sheep could have been lost because of curiosity. He thought the grass was greener. Come on, y'all. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, y'all. They don't sing my songs. I'm going where they sing Yeah, y'all know. Come on, yeah. Because they think the grass is greener on the other side of the fence. I don't like the way they shout there. They don't shout like they got the spirit. They they just, you know, come on, come on, y'all. They thought the grass, and then when you go over there, you find out it's not spirit. It's it's the other type of spirit. And now you, (laughs) yeah, yeah, I'm going to leave that alone. Amen. Safe folk in here. And and, and so the grass looks greener on the other side. At least that's the perception. And so the, the the, the sheep went and follow that. And then third reason the sheep got lost, it's a bad personal choice that it made. It made a bad personal choice into thinking that he knew better than the master. And so he wandered off and went onto his own place. Unlike the sheep of, of, of two weeks ago, this coin is different. Here's what you need to know culturally by, of what's going on in the text that caused Jesus to raise the parable. What would happen back in that day and age is that when a young woman got married, they didn't have what we have today, these four and $5,000 wedding rings that some of y'all go buy and the marriage get annulled and he wanted back. I mean, next, next subject, leave that alone. Um, but what would happen, what would happen, what would happen was, is when a woman got married, her family would give her this thing named a ketubah or a dowry, which consisted of a headband that had 10 coins in the headband. And that would be equivalent to the wedding ring. So the fact that her dad gave her away and attached, for lack of a better term, a dowry or the headband with the ten coins in it, the coins were valuable to the woman. Are you with me? It was a transfer in family relationships. She was now connecting, and the fact that she only had 10 in the headband says that she didn't have much in the first place. She wasn't a wealthy woman. She wasn't well off. She wasn't all that. So she was going into this relationship, and this headband or this ketubah or, 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 or this dowry meant something to her. So the author says, what young lady who'd been waiting all her life to get married? Finally found him. And in her ketubah or her diary, one of those coins get lost. Y'all know how you act when you misplace your wedding ring. Come on, y'all. Now, some folk praying that they lose it. But, you know, but, but, but y'all, come on now. We, you search, and at least I know Pastor Kay will. If she lose her ring, she ain't coming home till she find it because she... I, she's going, I mean, she buy a new one first, but, but, but you get the point. She, she loses it, and will she not do everything she can to find the, the, the ring? Now, what's striking about the textual observation that I want to make, number one, is that this coin was, lo- lo- was lost 
by no fault of its own. The negligence of the owner caused the coin to be lost. Striking, 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 because the first parable, the sheep wandered off. The owners had nothing to do with it. The owners looked. In the second parable, it opens up by saying a woman had a coin and she lost it. Come on, she's responsible. The text doesn't say that her children went in her jewelry box and pulled it up and lost it. It doesn't say that the thing fell out. It just says that she lost it, meaning that responsibility for the, the coin being lost fell on the owner. Now, what Jesus was trying to do with the scribes and Pharisees is letting them know in his day and age, the problem was Israel, with Israel wasn't so much Israel's fault as the people are left in charge. That's why he would call them, you brood of vipers, you hypocrites. Come on, y'all know what he'd say to them. He'd call them all these names because I left you in charge of my sheep and you're causing my sheep to be lost and you can't even answer for them. Now, if I'm a Pharisee and I'm a scribe and I hear this, I know what he's implying. I'm like, dang, gee, <laughs> you know. He's really saying to them, you're wondering why I'm looking for my sheep? Well, you caused them to be lost. I don't know about you, but, but I'm, my concern for the church today by way of application is for those leaders that are not being committed to the gospel of Jesus Christ, causing the coins or the sheep of God to be lost by this fluffy, airy gospel that's not saving nobody but just making people feel good. Come on, y'all. I want to be honest with you this morning, okay? And, and my concern is for God's going to come, and if we can't give account for the things of God, we're going to have to answer to God for what he's doing. Are you guys hearing with me? Okay? Now, the striking thing, number one, by way of textual observation, the coin was lost by no fault of its own. Secondly, the good news that Jesus is really trying to bring is the fact that the coin was at least lost in the house. If you, look, if you look at the sheep of last week, this is scary, this is scary, this is scary. Because the sheep of last week, the, the author gives us pointed detail, open country. Are you with me? At least that one was out in the world and it was difficult to find. But the lost, and, and, and this particular coin, it wasn't lost out in the field, it was in the house. That's scary. Because here's what I see Matthew saying, not all that say, Lord, Lord, in the house. Yo, 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 come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on. Can pray where, real well in the house, but lost. Come on now. Can sing real well in the house, <laughs> but lost. Oh, I need somebody. Can preach real well. In the house, but lost. Can serve real well in the house. <laughs> oh, come on now. But lost because what Jesus was trying to get the Pharisees to understand, not only were they responsible for losing the sheep, but they're supposed to be a part of Israel in the house, but still. I wish I had somebody in here. Now, 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 now that's my concern because here's, here's the mistake we make as believers. A lot of us, because we grew up in church, fool ourselves into thinking by default we're saved. 
Word of caution, people. Don't be guilty of being lost. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, don't, 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 yeah. Don't, 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 don't let Jesus come back and he doesn't call your name. And you say, Jesus, but I've been in the house. He says, yeah, but you were lost. In, I wish I had. Yeah, don't, don't, don't have him. Don't have him. Don't, don't be guilty of being just like this coin. So if I'm you, I'm checking my entry point this morning to make sure that I know 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 that I have a relationship with God and I'm not in the house lost. So this is just free this morning. If you're here and you have not yet made the connection, don't, don't take the risk. Don't, don't take the risk. Don't be in the house. Are you with me? And being lost. Now, along with that, the third thing really connects with that because the coin was lost by no fault of its own. Sexual observation number two, it was in the house and it was still lost. And this one is very, very striking. The coin was unaware of its state of lostness. It was inanimate. It was an inanimate object. The only way the coin knew it was lost, somebody had to go. Hey, coin, guess what? Yeah, you, you're lost. <laughs> and don't even know it. That's a sad commentary, people. Are you guys tracking with me? I mean, you look, you look like you. Here is, how, here is how Paul says it to the Israelites in the book of Romans chapter 10. Brothers, he says, and sisters, my prayer and heart's desire for God, for the Israelites is that they might be saved. Here's the words he used. They have a form of godliness, but it's not based on knowledge. You kind of get what it says? And here's, he even goes, I can testify about them, Paul says, that they have a zeal for God. Here's what Paul says, man, when you look at them, they look saved. But when you check on the inside... Man, I, I, just, just caution, just caution, just caution, church, just caution. Because you grew up in it, because you serve in it, because you're joined it, and I mean joined, and you got <laughs> baptized and all that stuff, don't assume the position if you have not personally invited Christ. I want you all to hear the spirit and the heart of what I'm saying. I needed to make those textual observations before I can even go into the text. You guys are tracking with me? Lost by no fault of its own. Um, lost in the house. And then strikingly unaware of its state of lostness. Now let's look at this text again. Look with me at verse 8. Can I get back to verse 8? You guys are there? Come on, Sam, if you're there. I want this to make sense. What woman, having how many coins? And we know what that is right now, a wedding band, so to speak. If she loses one of them, what does she do? Everybody looking at that, what does she do? And then when she lights the lamp, what does she do? She sweeps the house, and she diligently does what? For how long? Okay, I need, I need to do this real quick so y'all can, can, can track with me. I need, I need to, to I, want, I, want, I want this to make a lot of sense to you all 
Because look at, look at the verse. Let's read it one more time. Let's read it one more time. And then we're going to walk through this. What woman having how many coins? If she does not, if she loses one of them, does not, what is, what's the first thing she does? Come on, say it again. What's the first thing she does? And then what's the second thing she does? She sweeps the house. How long? Yeah, diligently or persistently for how long? Until she does what? Okay, let's, let's do this real quick. I want you all to track with me so we can kind of get, get, get a hold of what's going on here. Um, I need them to, to, to kill, this, kill the light in the place. Kill, kill the lights. Kill the lights. Make the place as dark as you can make it. Um, yeah. This is her house. Keep the door closed for a moment. This is, this is her house. The reason a lot of us can't identify with the text is because we're too Americanized. And we make a lot of assumptions about the reality or the truth that Jesus is trying to communicate. If you lived in Palestine in that day and age, when your doors are closed, this is what your house looked like. The sun could be shining on the outside, but this is what your house looked like. They didn't have no electrical service. This is going to shock some of our young people. Wi-Fi didn't exist. Yeah. And y'all probably saying, well, what did they do? <laughs> and, and, and the reason I want y'all to see this, because implied in the text is a lot of us forget the truth that we're living in a dark world. Yeah. A lot of us forget the truth that we're living in a dark world. So I need you to have a reminder that when Jesus looks at the world, this is what he sees. I want y'all to hear me, okay? Now, 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 here's the striking thing. Ushers, help me out just a little while here. Here, here, here is what it looked like in Palestine is that when they wanted light in the house, the only light that would enter the house is when the doors were open or a window or something. And you see, you saw how the light came in, right? The doors are open. And here's what I want you all to understand. This is probably equivalent to the amount of light that they had in that house during that day and age. You guys are tracking with me. So, so if you lost something and all you had during the day was the external light on the outside from the sun coming in, that's not enough to help you find what you're looking for. So I'll, talk to me this morning. So you're getting a real live example of life in Palestine and what Jesus was trying to illustrate to these scribes and Pharisees during that day and age. Close the doors for a moment, ushers. And I want you all to track with me. Let's continue to walk through this text to see what's going on. Now, notice what Jesus says. She's in the house, and the house is like this. And then she loses a coin from her diary. The first thing she does, based on the text, is she lights 
a light. This is my diving lamp, and it went on SOS mode. You get what I'm saying? And she lights this lamp, and here's what's striking about the lamp, is it illuminates her way. You guys are tracking with me. Now, the thing that Jesus really hoped that they not missed in the text is that the candle that she lamped was this little candle that probably had a little bit of fuel or a wick or something on it, is that it was not a stationary light. It was a movable light. So guess what? Wherever she went, the lamp or the light went with her. Now, somebody's missing this because when Jesus looks down at the world, he sees a dark world. And he says, my word is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. I wish I had somebody in here. So when he's looking down on the earth, He's looking in a world filled with darkness, but he knows he's left people in the world that has the lamp on. I wish I had somebody in here. So he's looking for specks of light, and he's looking for light, and he's not looking for stationary light, because stationary light ain't looking for nothing but lighting its own path. He's looking for light that's going out into the dark world trying to find lost coins. The problem, the problem, the problem, the problem with the church is that we're so used to living in this pseudo-light or false light that we forget the truth that the world is dark and filled with sin and is filled with a bunch of lost people and the reason we can't find them is because we've got the light off. And if I'm looking in darkness with darkness, how in the world do I ever expect to find what is lost? And then you've got a bunch of church folk and people who name the name of the God going into a dark world and we leave the light at home. Take the light with you. Are you with me? Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not. I find it amazing that before I came down here, Mother Jackie was in the dark. But because I'm standing beside her and my light is shining, she reaps the benefit of my light. I think that's why Matthew says, let your light so shine before what? Men, that they may see what? your good works, and do what? Glorify your Father which is in heaven. But if I come here and my light is off, come on. You can't see me, nor can you see her. That's why we shock some people in our jobs. I didn't know you were a Christian. Because here's what we do. We hide our lamp, right? We light our lamp but then we stick it under a bushel because I got to go to work. 
And they're like, what's that little glimmer of something coming out your chat? Well, you don't need to know. That's, I do that on Sundays. <laughs> Shine your light. Are you hearing me? Shine your light. So whenever you approach darkness, what I like about this light is that it doesn't matter where I end up in the room. It doesn't matter where I find myself in the middle of darkness. The moment this light comes on, darkness goes away. Come on, do I have any witnesses here this morning? Because a whole lot of us have fooled ourselves into thinking that the darkness is overshadowing the light. Darkness has no control over the light. So the author says the first thing she did before she stepped into that darkness to look, she turned the light on. I'm almost done. Second thing she did is she put the light on the ground and she started looking. This is going to mess you up. Wherever the light revealed dirt, she took the broom and swept it. Y'all ain't going to like this. You're not going to like this. Because you got light shining on your dirt and you refuse to take the broom out. Y'all, y'all, yeah, you, you, you're not going to like this. It, <laughs> The purpose of the light is to show the mess in the dirt. And the moment it is revealed, the next step is to grab the broom and sweep it up and get rid of it. And here we are. Pray for me. I can't get this thing out of my life. But I, as a Christian, if the light is on it, get your broom out and get to, oh, come on, y'all, and get to sweeping. Get to sweeping. Get to sweeping. Because the text says, and what I like about the text, what I like about the text is that it did not say the first time she swept, she found the coin. It says she swept diligently, which means that her life was probably like mine. She had a whole lot of dirt in it. And, 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 and it took a whole lot of sweeping to get rid of all the dirt. Oh, come on, come on, come on. Come on, talk to me. Because some of us in here, we think one Sunday will fix it. We think two Sundays. No, 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 baby. You've been doing that all your life. Heck, you need a vacuum cleaner because a broom ain't. Are you hearing me? Sweep it up, sweep it up, sweep it up, and keep moving, and sweep it up, and keep moving, and sweep it up, and keep moving, and sometimes you got to go back because you missed some, and sweep it up again, and keep moving, and sweep it up, and sweep it up, but the light must be shown on it. If the light is off, Jesus says it this way, for this reason, men prefer darkness more than light because their deeds were evil. 
And then we're about to sit and turn the lights off. No, keep it on. It'll keep you and it'll keep me from messing up because we'll see our dirt. We'll see our dirt. We'll see our dirt. And the text says she kept doing that over and over and over and over. And, and what I said last week, I'm going to say it again today because it was a good preaching point. She never turned the light off and says, I'm tired of looking. She kept it on. And she never gave up in the search until she found that coin. Are you hearing me? Church, let me make this point and I'm done. If you've been searching and you can't find what you've been looking for, I stopped by this morning to say turn the light on. And let the light of Christ reveal the sinfulness, the sins, the filth of the world. And when you see it, some of us, it might have to be a phone call. And not so much a phone call to a person, but to a company. I can't have cable right now because this got me addicted to certain things. And the light revealed it. So Comcast and Jeff, I know you work there, but you got to go. <laughs> Are you hearing me? Wi-Fi, you got to go. For some of us, we might not need data on our phone right now. Come on. Because the light revealed some things. Oh, come on, talk to me. Come on. And whatever the light reveals, the next step is the broom. And sometimes in that sweeping, we've got to pray, Lord, help me. Because that's a big pile of dirt, Lord. It's been there a long time. Heck, that pile of dirt been helping me pay the bills. And now you're asking me to sweep it out? Come on now. That pile of dirt has been keeping. Come on, come on, come on. Don't act like you don't have a pile. Come on, talk to me this morning. We all had one. And for some of us, it's been there a long time. Heck, we might need a shovel. But when the light reveals it, eliminate it and keep searching until the coin is found. Because listen to the text, and I'm done. When the coin is found, heaven rejoices. Yeah. The angels in heaven rejoices. And the text says there is more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner than repents, than over a 35,000-member church that needs no repentance. I'm looking for my coin, and I'm looking for my sheep. And God is looking for his coin because we are his bride. I want you all to hear me. We are his, his dowry or his ketubah, and we sit in the stars of his crown. 
And if ever one were to get misplaced, I'm guaranteeing you, he's leaving the 99 and he's searching until he finds it. Bring the lights up this morning. I want us to search our hearts as the worship team come this morning. Let your light shine in a dark world. Jesus is the light of the world. I'm hoping that gives you a perspective. God expects us to be different. Amen. He expects me to be different. He expects you to be different. So here's how Paul puts it. Be not drunken with wine wherein in excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And the more I say, God, fill me up, fill me up, fill me up, the brighter my light shines. <laughs> and the more it emanates. And the more, you know, this thing has different, this thing has to save me when I'm like 107 feet under the ocean. And it has different intensities on it. It's on, but you can't really tell. It's just enough to see. But the more I switch it, the brighter it gets. And I think that's how we ought to look. The more we ingest the Spirit of God, the brighter. I'm reminded of Moses when he um, went up to the mountain. He came down and it says his face, man, shone. It's like, dude, what's up? Man, I was with the light. That's how we ought to be when we go to work on Monday morning. What happened to you, man? I was with the light Sunday. Y'all not hearing me. And so I'm just emanating the radiant glory of God is all over. And as we go into a dark world, they can't help but see the light. And it ought to attract them. I want to do this this morning. 